Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 24 from the New King James Version, and here's what it said. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus is predicting the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem in 70 AD. Now, this is about 30 AD that this is happening here. And so we're talking about 40 years into the future, he is predicting prophesying and saying all these stones of this temple are going to be thrown down like off the temple mount. Hey, even today when I take tours to Israel, I've been there 17 times, that you can see a whole pile of stones. I don't think it's necessarily temple stones, the actual temple up top, but stones that were thrown down off of the temple mount. uh, There are the whole big pile of them that they never moved. They're still there. 2,000 years uh, after, almost 2,000 years after the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. It's all been excavated now. They've been uncovered, but they just left those piles there and such. And so it really causes us to reminisce to this passage and this prediction some 40 years before the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So Jesus said, you're showing me these beautiful stones of the temple and such, but this is all going to be wiped out. And then as they sat on the Mount of Olives, so this is just, you know, from the temple down into the Kidron Valley and up the slope of the Mount of Olives. As they sat there, the Bible says on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, When will these things be? Well, he just talked about the destruction of the temple. When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay, so notice these things, he just told them about the destruction of the temple. So that's 70 AD. So we already know in history when that was. But notice this. And what will be the sign of your coming? Talking about the second coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Oh man, here we go. Ready? Take heed that no one deceives you. Oh, it's easy to deceive people in these things, Uh, even unintentionally. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ or I am the Messiah and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay, so you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. Okay, watch this. For nation will rise against nation. He said, let me tell you what the end is going to look like. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Now, this nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. This is interesting because he'd already mentioned wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Well, I tell you what, in our history, there are two world wars. Two world wars. World War I that happened just a little over 100 years ago from now. And then World War II happened about 80 years ago. 
from now. And what does Jesus say? He said, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines. Well, there have been famines. Pestilences. Well, hello, how about viruses? This is, this is inclusive in pestilences. And earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, what does that phrase mean, the beginning of sorrows? This is specifically referring to a woman who's going into labor and she's beginning her contractions, the beginnings of the sorrows of labor. So Jesus said, look, you're going to see here wars, rumors of wars throughout history. He said, no, here's how you're going to know when you're getting to the end of the age. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That sounds like the world wars that we had 80 and 100 years ago. And then it says, and famines, pestilences, all these viruses that, that spread, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. So Jesus said, when you see these things happen, you know that the contractions are happening. And, and what, is, what are the contractions going to give birth to? The coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. So these were the beginnings. Well, we know that the world wars happened 80 and 100 years ago. And so in God's timeline, well, that seems to me, and of course we're uh, all speculating here because unless the Lord came and said, yeah, those two world wars, those were the nations against nations. Well, unless God showed us that, we wouldn't know that for sure. But what we're doing is we're taking what Jesus said and we're looking to see if we see those signs. And of course, they can be misinterpreted as well. But very, very possibly, these world wars that we had 80 and 100 years ago uh, are could have been the beginning of sorrows that Jesus is referring to here and all these pestilences and everything that's been going on, earthquakes in various places, you know, causing big tsunamis and all this. Uh, notice this. Then, watch this, verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. And... And it seems apparent to me that now he's going into tribulation, the tribulation period. But let's, let's think about this. Now, there are different theories about how the end of the age will play out. And I want to talk specifically about whether uh, we should believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. In other words, before that seven-year period starts, that the church, the body of Christ, is raptured out. And we don't go into any of the seven-year tribulation. Or some people believe a mid-trib that we'll go through maybe the first three and a half years and then we're raptured and not go through the, the last part, which is the heavy uh, judgment that happens in the last three and a half years. Or whether we actually go through the seven years and uh, at the end or just before the end, we're raptured and then we come back with Christ when he comes in his second coming. So, well, if we get to vote on this, I vote option A. And I think you would too, most of you would. Uh, except for unless you have a heart to want to see people saved during the tribulation, which we all should. But I, if this is a democracy, if this is a vote that we all get to have, we kind of like to get out of here before the tribulation period. But I want you to, to take this chapter and let's read it. You know, I've taught pre-tribulation rapture theology uh, quite well, in my opinion, quite convincingly. I was convinced at my study, and I felt like I convinced uh, most everybody that was listening to that series that I did on it. Uh, but an issue that I have is I keep reading the Bible over and over, just reading it, letting God's Word say what it says in its context. And so let's let Jesus just say what He says. So His disciples, 
who are believers and are going to be there at the day of Pentecost, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're going to launch the church. See, and they're going to be the primary leaders of the church for that first, you know, at least much of the first century. And so he's talking to them, asking the questions about the end of the age. Now, he knows they specifically will not live to the end of the age when he comes back. We're nearly 2,000 years removed from this conversation. And so he knows they're not going to be there. But he also knows that he's speaking to people that represent the people that will be here. And that is people in the body of Christ, people that are followers of the Lord Jesus. And so let's listen to it as if we're his disciples and he's speaking to us. Okay, so watch this. Verse 9. So he said, all these other things are the beginning of sorrows. Then, then, at some point, they will deliver you up to tribulation. Well, wait a minute. Me? Why, why don't you say the world? Why don't you say that we're going to get out of here and be raptured and they're going to deliver the world up to tribulation. No, he said, then they'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, like anarchy. Sound familiar? And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. What, the end? Wait, we have to endure to the end? To, to the end of what? Is this interesting? Just, just read and let Jesus talk. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Well, what end? Is this the end of the tribulation period and the coming of Jesus? Or is this the end of the age leading up to the tribulation? See? Then the end. Just let Jesus talk. Let's just listen to what he said. Jesus is really smart, and there was no one on the earth, certainly, that knew what he knew and understood anything better than him. So, notice this. Uh, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. The question is, if this is during the tribulation period, Who's preaching this all over the world if the church is not here? And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Now, who is the abomination of desolation? This is the Antichrist. It says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Wait a minute. What holy place? What holy place are we talking about? Well, the holy place in Jesus' day was talking about the temple, and specifically, there's a holy place and even a holy of holies. And Jesus is saying, when you see the abomination of desolation, standing in the holy place. Okay, well, guess what? On the Temple Mount today, there's the Dome of the Rock. It's a shrine. There, a Muslim shrine, and there's also the Al-Aqsa Mosque that's up there over to the south side of the Temple Mount. But there is no temple. There is no holy place of God there, of our God. And so he says, when you see this, well, does that mean that a temple is going to be rebuilt? I tend to think from what I read in Scripture, yes, somehow or another, there is going to be something that is erected there on the Temple Mount. 
and there will be something of a reconstitution of Jewish life. In fact, it's prophesied that, that the Antichrist is going to stop the, the animal sacrifice. Well, there is no animal sacrifice happening now. So apparently there's going to need to be a temple that's rebuilt there. And by the way, there's a group there at the Temple Institute. I like to take our groups there when we tour. They've got the plans for the new temple. I mean, they've got the furnishings for the new test temple all uh, according to at least their interpretation of the scriptures and such, the table of showbread, the menorah, everything except the Ark of the Covenant. They don't have that because uh, many believe that it exists somewhere. It's buried somewhere. They're going to discover it or whatever. But uh, they've got it all decided upon. Now, that doesn't mean everybody in the Orthodox Jewish communities that they all agree with this. But nonetheless, it's all said. I mean, plans for the temple and the whole nine yards. And so this says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Now, what's interesting is he said, when you see it, boy, wait a minute. Seems to me like that's going to happen about the middle of the tribulation period from my study of scripture. Why do you say when, when you see it? I don't want to be here. Lord, I thought we we're going to be raptured out. But just notice when you just read, let the, let the Bible and let Jesus teach us. Instead of coming in with preconceived ideas about how it has to be and ignoring what is said, let's let the Bible speak to us. Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea, that's the southern part of Israel, Flee to the mountains, let him who is on the housetop not come, not go down to take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Uh, for then there will be great tribulation. For then, when that event happens, the Antichrist is standing in the holy place there in Jerusalem, then at that place is like in jeopardy immediately. And he says, for then there will be great tribulation. Seems to me like we just went into the second half of the tribulation and now the intense judgments are coming. For then there will be great tribulation such as not happened since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. The elect, I thought the elect were raptured out of here. Do you understand what I'm saying? But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ. Well, wait a minute, it says if anyone says to you. See, if you believe in pre-rapture theology, you say, well, we're not even there. Nobody's going to say anything to us. We're going to be in heaven with Jesus, waiting for his second coming. Listen, Therefore, if anyone says to you, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, who are obviously here on earth, at least a portion of them, certainly. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is here in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner Rooms do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. 
So he's saying, you'll know the coming of the Son of Man because just like you can see lightning flash from one side of the heavens, you know, you're on the earth, but you're seeing the heavens here is not talking about heaven where God is. It's the heaven talking about, you know, like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, talking about the atmosphere, the sky, where the stars, the sun and the moon are. That's also heavens, see? And he says, when, when the Son of Man comes, it's going to be obvious to the whole earth. I mean, it's going to be glorious. Everybody's going to see it. But he said, uh, but until then, if you hear anybody say, look, he's here. Look, he's coming over there in the desert or whatever. He said, don't you go out. Don't you believe it? When he comes, you'll know it's him. You'll know it's him. But again, he's saying, look, therefore, if they say to you, he's telling his disciples as if his disciples are representing the believers on the earth. He's saying, if they say to you. So notice here, just reading through what Jesus is saying, Jesus is not giving any indication that all the believers are going to be out of here when these things take place. And so I don't bring these up in teachings often because I don't want to be contentious. We're Every believer, we're all in this together. Let me tell you, we may see it from different angles. We may want to see it from different angles. I want to see it from the pre-tribulation period. But the problem I have is I just keep reading through the Bible and letting the Bible speak what it says instead of coming in with this preconceived idea and only paying attention to it from one angle. And you can see here the way Jesus is talking, he's not mentioning anything about the elect or the body of Christ being removed in advance of these things. And so he says, if they're saying to you, look, he's here or there, don't listen to him because you'll know when he comes. Verse 28, for wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. I think this is clearly referring to the battle of Armageddon, that when Jesus comes back and he's going to bring judgment here, that the vultures or the eagles are going to come. And the Bible says they're going to feed on the flesh of men that die in battle in the battle of Armageddon. Now watch this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, so interesting, must have been talking about the tribulation. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of, uh, will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Not heaven where God is, but the heavens like the powers of the atmosphere, the sky around the earth. The powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. See, <laughs> he's not talking about in heaven where God is. He's talking about gathering them from the four winds. The four winds are talking about the winds of the earth, the weather patterns of the earth from every part of the, uh, the earth, uh, the winds of the earth. So as you're looking, like on the horizon, you know how you can see the sun go down. And if you're looking, for example, over the ocean and you see the sun go down, you see it sort of go behind the ocean. The ocean looks like it just goes into nothingness. It's because of the way we see the horizon. This is what it says. From one end of the heaven, as far as anybody can see from any part of the world, God's going to gather his elect from one end of the heaven to the other. Now watch this, verse 32, and we got to go quickly here. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. 
when its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Now, all of a sudden in this talk about the end of the age, Jesus brings up the parable of the fig tree. Well, what is the fig tree? Well, we can't say definitively. Nobody can say dogmatically. However, in passages like Hosea 9.10, where, where God identifies Israel as a fig tree. Well, uh, if this is talking about the nation of Israel, well, in you know, May 14, 1948, Israel became a nation again after nearly 2,000 years of not existing, just the Jews being scattered all over the world, the miracle of prophecy comes to pass and Israel becomes a nation again. Well, that's 1948. So what does that mean? That means that we've got, oh, and a little over 70-year-old uh, since of a baby. And so he says here, when you see the fig tree, if that is referring, if he is referring to the nation of Israel, being reconstituted and such. When you see the nation of Israel or the fig tree put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near, talking about the second coming. You also know, uh, or so you also, notice he says you, so you also, when you see all these things, like, Lord, I don't want to be here. Well, but he's, this is just let Jesus talk. When you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors, assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Well, that would include the tribulation period that he just described, till all these things take place. So think about this. If indeed we have a 70 plus year old that's here, if this is what he's talking about, I'm not saying dogmatically that it is. I'm saying that this is a possibility that we see. This, If this is the nation of Israel that he's referring to, and now this nation of Israel is 70 plus years old. And he said, this generation won't pass away till all these things are fulfilled. Well, all these things would include seven years of a tribulation period. So in other words, folks, if that's, if the nation of Israel is this fig tree, there's not a lot of time left that all this will be fulfilled. I can't say that for sure. But I'm doing the best I can to look at the signs, and I think we all are, and to sense where we are in the timeline. So he says, Surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Verse 36, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days... Of Noah were. Now, well, listen to this. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. As the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Watch this. Uh, for as in the days of, as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. Who did it take away? The unbelievers took them all away. And the believers stayed in the ark, took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man, or so also will, will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Well, in the days of Noah, the flood took the unbelievers away, the wicked. 
the unbelievers away. So when Jesus said it's going to be that way in the coming of the Son of Man, two will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Who's taken? The unbeliever or the believer? Well, according to the pattern of Noah, it's the unbeliever that's taken away and the believer that is left safe. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Why is he telling us to watch if we're not even going to be here? See what I'm saying? See, when you just read and let Jesus or let the Bible speak, you might get a different view than what you had been taught or even what you hope for. Well, I don't know about you. I just want to let the Bible talk to me because I want to be ready for whatever is coming. And so that's why let's just be honest with one another. Let's just read the word and let God's word speak and do everything we can. Uh, it, either way, we're going to know. We're going to walk this thing out. We're going to see how this plays out. But I, I'd rather open my eyes and be ready to anything the Bible is telling me. So uh, let's go to verse 42. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming. You be ready, for the Son of Man is coming. Well, the coming of Jesus is going to be at the end of the tribulation. He said, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming. At an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. So this is talking about Jesus. When Jesus comes, will he find the body of Christ doing what they're supposed to be doing? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him at, at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, let's stop there. We've already pushed it over a few minutes, but what a powerful chapter. And the next one's just as powerful. Uh, thank God. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready for whatever is coming. I want to be ready and staying in the Word of God keeps us in the right place with the fear of the Lord, with our eyes looking to God and saying, Lord, I'm ready for the coming of the Lord, the end of the age. I want to be so doing what you've called me to do and such. Reading the word and studying it like this helps us to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right things to please God. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. 
You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.